to the Roaring Lion Podcast. I'm Lion Paul Fugit. My guest today is Lion Soul Flores Jr. Lion Soul is a member and club president of the, hopefully I get this right, Angeles City Clark Balibogo Lions Club in the Philippines. Did I get that right? Yeah. Good. Uh, Lion Soul, uh, welcome to the Roaring Lion Podcast. Thank you, Paul, and I'm glad to be here. This has been quite a long time coming, huh? Yep. Uh, decided, I decided to take a little bit of a month and a half hiatus between uh, Thanksgiving here in the United States and the New Year, just to do a little R&R and relax a little bit, and uh, back here on the podcast trail to start the new year. So uh, welcome to be, as the first guest of 2021. I'm glad to be here, and um, I think I'm, I'm probably one of your first guests from where I'm from in the world and uh, here in the, out here in the Pacific, uh, in the Philippines, right? Yes, uh, it is uh, 10 o'clock p.m. over where you're at right now, correct? Uh, actually, uh, 11.30. 11.30, wow, you're a night owl then. So thank you for <laughs> joining us. This 14-hour difference is hard, so. But uh, thank okay. you very much for being here. And uh, so, uh, as Sol, you're an avid listener of the podcast. As always, we ask three questions before we uh, start everything here. So, tell us a little about yourself. Who is Sol Flores Jr.? Uh, well, I'm I'm 28 years old, and uh, I am currently the club president of the Angeles City Clark Balibago Lions Club here in Pampanga Province, the Philippines. Uh, I have uh, I was born in 1993, and uh, I'm currently towards the end of my law school education and hope to take the bar right after this pandemic. I am the last of five children of my parents. Uh, all my other siblings are uh, women. And uh, apart from that, I help out in my family's business. And I also have many social civic engagements, among which uh, the Lions Clubs is the most, uh, is the lion's share, so to speak. Yep. And uh, uh, Sol, you and I share a common uh, interest in each other. Uh, we're both uh, sons of past district governors. Uh, right, you are. Um, I'm actually... I actually come from a family of four generations of lions. So uh, my parents are both past district governors. Uh, my dad having served in 87 to 88 and my mom 2004, 2005. 
and my maternal grandparents were lions in the late 50s. And now my, the children of my siblings are all lions now as well, uh, also in my club. So I guess it's, it's, it's something that really runs in the family, huh, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. So this might be an obvious question, uh, the next question here. Uh, why did you become a member of Lions Club International? Well, apart from the very obvious fact that um, it's really something my family is into, uh, I, I really take pleasure and pride in the service aspect of our association, especially where I'm from in the Philippines. Uh, it becomes quite almost the moral, moral obligation for us to do what we can for our underprivileged and less fortunate, which is why even if I've already been acknowledged with, uh, acquainted with uh, the association early on in my life, uh, the different service activities that we have done, we have been doing, is what really makes me stay on, uh, despite being a lion for almost 13 years now. <laughs> well, that's good, that's good. Uh, what's the best service project you've ever been a part of? Well, like all your other guests, I, I'd say that there are so many that are nice, but uh, the best would have to be the ones I've been working on lately, especially during this pandemic. Uh, that would be the massive dispensation and turnovers of uh, medicines and non-medical supplies that we have been receiving from the government here in the Philippines because this has been a way for me to help so many around the country uh, because it has been done through other Lions Clubs around the area. To date, uh, as of my last record, I think we've reached close to 410, 412 Lions Clubs around the country. And uh, I'm very glad that this only has been growing and serving other purpose purposes, such as last November uh, when the food supplements that we have been distributing originally for frontliners and underserved communities were also directed towards victims of natural calamities, such as the large typhoons that struck late last year. So yeah, that, that would be my, my favorite one. So Sol, uh, you're uh, one of the first uh, international guests I've ever had. What, what makes lions uh, kind of different in the Philippines? Uh, what what makes it unique over there in your country? Uh, well, there's no easy answer to that, but I'd say from my perspective that uh, it's really more of the hands to give back. Uh, the roots of lionism here in the Philippines also have to do with uh, the the obligation of those who have more in life to do for those that have not. Uh, it was also started uh, by a group of businessmen inspired and invited by an American representative of the association here in Manila back in, I think that was 1949. And since then, the membership trend up to present day has been uh, to act on the widespread poverty and uh, community difficulties that we face as a developing nation. As you know, um, 
we were once a colony of the United States and before that of Spain. And um, we've had quite a number of wars uh, fought. So these uh, cultural effects and even um, social and societal effects uh, in the form of uh, cyclical poverty are still present uh, because uh, it really becomes a problem of human development and humanitarian response when uh, government is not as adequate as it is in the rest of the world. So I'd say for Lionism here in the Philippines, it's, it's becoming a massive civil and non-government response augmenting uh, action uh, from the private sector. So it's really um, commanding authority and uh, societal influence uh, towards what good can be done, aligned, of course, with our association, global causes and priorities. I know so when I always read the uh, Lions magazine that uh, uh, the Philippines, like you said, seems to have a huge poverty and hunger problem. Um, and LCIF has done a lot in the Philippines. And it seems like since I joined back in 2007, uh, a lot of grants have gone to hunger and sight there. Have you been a part of some of those projects in the Philippines with LCIF? Actually, um, this month, uh, my club will be awarding prescription eyeglasses as a result of the LCIF-funded project called uh, Sight for Kids. I think where you are, Paul, that's called uh, Kids Sight uh, USA, if I'm not mistaken. And this is where uh, we are able to partner with the level of schools divisions uh, and screen so many uh, elementary pupils so that uh, the students, rather than uh, pretend that uh, they know what's being taught and then fail the test, actually see what the lesson on hand is and actually learn and uh, make the most of their schooling and adjusting this to the pandemic now with distance learning implemented in most schools, uh, the virtual aspect of learning would probably put a strain on many of those students' eyes. And uh, like for what we're doing this line year, uh, we've screened the eyes of close to 48,000 students here in Angeles City and are awarding uh, at a good saturation rate of 4%, so I would say that's around 1,000 uh, glasses towards the end of the month. Uh, this is uh, entirely funded by the LCIF in partnership with Johnson & Johnson Vision Care. And um, this has been a continuing project that my club has been doing for probably over 10 years now. And uh, we're very thankful for that. I personally am very, very thankful for that. And I show my gratitude by likewise supporting LCIF uh, capital campaigns such as what we have now, uh, Campaign 100. Yes, uh, I've uh, donated to Campaign 100 as well, and it's nice to see uh, where those monies are going for LCIF to uh, uh, developing countries around the world. Um, what are some other things you're involved with uh, with Lions Club in the Philippines, Sol? Uh, well, we, us Lions Clubs here in the Philippines usually try to align our projects really with the signature global causes, and uh, most notably, uh, as a tropical country near the equator, 
everything and anything environmental is close to our hearts. So I would say we, we kind of do uh, the tree planting projects on a massive scale. I think we do them by the thousands here in the Philippines uh, annually. And we also uh, initiate uh, community-based environmental projects such as uh, segregation of wastes and uh, be trying to educate uh, people into adapting to more sustainable means of uh, everyday tasks. So that could range from your straws to your uh, chopsticks to your uh, other reusable cutleries and uh, whatnot. Uh, apart from that, uh, we also have a close arrangement, uh, as I'm familiar with uh, one district here, with the Philippines Department of Environment and Natural Resources, uh, where we also try to align our environmental goals with the most affected in uh, the most affected communities in climate change, and those are, of course, the indigenous peoples. Uh, so the lack of uh, right housing and uh, urban planning in the areas where they are, are, are helped in the sense that uh, many of the aid that us lions do when we go to the mountains, literally to where they are, are geared towards that uh, thought there. And uh, that that's really interesting, Sol, uh, how uh, uh, that, that project you just talked about with environmental things and stuff and the native peoples of the Philippines. Uh, I, I never really knew that. And um, I like, thank you for sharing that with uh, me and the guests here on the, or listeners here on the podcast. Um, uh, how are conventions kind of done there in the Philippines? Uh, what, how, how are your conventions there? So the, uh, for the benefit of those who are not really familiar, the Philippines is an archipelago. And that means that instead of one big landmass, we are uh, a country of 7,600 plus islands. And uh, geographically, we are divided right now. Uh, that is the multiple district 301, nine sub-districts. So hosting of conventions annually is uh, rotated among those nine districts. And uh, as expected, most of these districts are concentrated around the capital region of Manila. Uh, for this May, uh, hopefully uh, we can push through with the convention. It will be in the city of Manila. But I think for the year after that, we will be going to uh, a different island uh, in the Visayas region. And that's uh, near central uh, Philippines already. So that uh, conventions here are usually quite uh, business-like, I'd say, in the sense that it's more of um, the matter of elections and uh, resolutions and all of that. Uh, and of course, the trainings that we have for incoming club officers and district officers. Uh, but we do have the time also to unwind and uh, have fellowship. Uh, there are annual golf tournaments as well as um, parties per district, I'm sure, uh, and also reunions of different uh, batches of the Lions Institutes here as well. Mm -hmm. 
So how's that work for uh, district travel and stuff? Do you have to travel by boat or plane to all the uh, islands in your archipelago of a country? Well, uh, more often than not, when it's here in the island of Luzon, which is the largest, uh, we can do that. Uh, we can all reach destinations by car. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the smaller islands, the more uh, short type islands, that is where we take because uh, taking the boat would be uh, more time-consuming there are planes in the alternative. But uh, I guess that's part of the whole excitement of joining convention here in the Philippines, Paul, and I'd love to have you over because uh, this is where we can also showcase you know, our tourist destinations. Uh, that's where they usually choose conventions where it's nice to show to our guests uh, what we're all about. Um, I also know, Sol, that uh, the Philippines has a strong Leo Club program. Uh, do you want to touch on what Leos are doing in the Philippines? Yeah, uh, I'd love to discuss it quite a bit. Uh, in fact, uh, I was a Leo for three years before becoming a Leo. Uh, right now, uh, in the Philippines, so each of our sub-districts, the nine sub-districts, have their own Leo districts as well. And uh, just like the Lions Clubs that have been mobilized for this pandemic. The Leo clubs are equally uh, in action, uh, trying to find ways to be relevant and stay in the service of the people. I think uh, quite uh, fortunately, last December during Leo month, there was one Leo club here from District A2 and it's called the Binyan Leo Club. They won the international Leo, uh, I think that was a video contest wherein they showed their project of distributing, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was those SIM cards uh, with uh, prepaid load already. And uh, in order for the student beneficiary to access uh, his or her modular learning so that the education is not hampered. And that's quite the big deal here in our country because uh, the means of studying such as uh, being on a laptop is actually not the majority uh, scenario. Uh, if the students are not reached uh, modules in paper by their teachers themselves, because they live in remote areas, they try to access on their smartphones. So in that three inch, four inch smartphone uh, loaded with data, which they have to spend for, which the families have to spend for. Uh, it's something that's not only uh, burdensome on the already humble income of a average family, of an average family, but also quite difficult if you have the unfortunate location of no signal in your area for a telecom. So this project of the Leo Club here, already providing SIM cards prepaid, as well as I think gadgets as well of the, you know, those uh, portable Wi-Fi uh, devices become a big relief to the students who just want to continue studying. So apart from that, uh, the Leos of the Philippines have also been tremendously involved in hunger relief. Uh, so because this pandemic has disrupted so many food chains across the country, uh, because of employment being scarce and other means of making a living coming to a halt. 
be uh, food supplements and vegetables and other poultry products that many Leos have been giving out of their own pockets, out of their own families and sponsoring Lions Club's pockets have been very substantial in helping many families around the country get by. And uh, that's uh, the, the Leos here in the Philippines are something I can say uh, are, are future lions that we can really be proud of. Them. Yeah, and I always love seeing what uh, Leos are doing in the Philippines because it just seems like the Leos are just as active in the Philippines as the Lions Clubs there are as well. Uh, so uh, what, what else do you want the listeners to know about uh, Lions Clubs activities in the Philippines? Oh, well, I'd say that um, I, I think it's something to be proud of for Lions of the Philippines that uh, despite the dire situation we have now, uh, we have been quite rampant and active in campaigning for membership growth in our area. So as the incentive of wave entrance and charter fees finished last December, I think uh, our multiple district had uh, close to 30 new clubs organized. So that's a minimum of 600 members already. And many of our clubs are trying to maintain uh, and retain retain uh, our old members. We're finding ways to make sure that uh, not only is this pandemic uh, something that we can get through together, but something that we can overcome and even uh, conquer by showing stronger membership, quality new clubs, and of course, a more robust uh, and active uh, pool of projects. Um, I know, uh, Seoul, whenever I go to conventions, it's always easy to spot the, uh, Philippines delegation because you have the most unique Lions vests, <laughs> maybe next to the Canadians, uh, because you always wear purple and you always have the, uh, the Philippines flag displayed proudly on your vest. And it's always, it's always good to know that. There's so many uh, lions that always seem to come from the Philippines whenever I go to international conventions. So uh, hopefully uh, one of these days uh, we can meet each other at international or uh, something close to that. And I guess uh, cl something close to that I could invite you to, Paul, is that uh, in 2022, the Multiple District 301 will be host to the 60th Oseal Forum. Oseal is the orient of Orient and Southeast Asian Lions Forum, that is Constitutional Area 5. And uh, this is something that rotates around us countries here in the Pacific. Uh, and um, by 2022, we'll be the host again. Uh, the last time that we hosted this was in 2011. I was also part of that committee, uh, the organizing committee. And I'm grateful to our forum chairman, So, PID So. Uh, he's approached us to help out in this again. And, I'd love to have you over as an international guest and introduce you to many more Filipino lions, as I'm sure you have listeners in America who are also lions of Filipino descent. Uh, yes, uh, I, uh, I have met several of Filipino descent uh, when I went to Alaska, MD-49. Uh, there's a lot of Filipino immigrants from your country, and they actually have their own lions club right there in Anchorage, Alaska. And I will tell you something, so they're some of the most active Lions I've ever met in the entire association for what their club does. 
well, I think um, a byproduct of our how, how things are as uh, how we are as Filipinos is that we're very focused on our communities and uh, whether that be here or outside, we try to be engaged and try to be responsive because true to what we say in the association, but where there's a need, we try to be there, we try to fill it. And uh, I, I'm pretty proud of the wide presence that Filipinos have worldwide. It's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite the deal because I think uh, there are close to 10 million of us around the world uh, that have immigrated wherever. And of course, a percentage of that has gone uh, and uh, become uh, a Lion member in their own new communities abroad. Yes, absolutely, and and I will echo what you what you say, Sol. Uh, um, uh, uh, your fellow countrymen are some of the most community-oriented people that I've ever met through my travels in Lionism, and I, and I totally hundred percent agree. Uh, it's just amazing how much um, your your country and your culture really cares about helping their fellow human being. And I think that's something that you can definitely brag about and be proud of. Thank you, Paul. And uh, I think that's also something we take pride in because uh, not only in the confines of Lions Clubs International, but uh, I guess uh, the most uh, recent example would be the large number of Filipino health workers in different countries, including the states and the UK or wherever, uh, uh, because uh, trying to do what we can for others in the context of civic service, health, something that uh, I guess is really ingrained. And with, this is something that translates uh, not only to what we do within the association, but to the people that we help. Uh, Oh, I 100% agree. Uh, so before uh, we let you go here, uh, is there any other uh, final thoughts you have for the listeners? Well, uh, I'd like to thank you again, Paul, uh, for having me over. And I'm very glad to be on this platform of yours. As I told you before, uh, this podcast is no joke. I think it's very timely and it's something that can provide uh, as a means for lions worldwide to educate themselves of uh, things that will make them realize that we truly are an international organization and the leading one worldwide at that. And that there are so many millions, uh, there are so many thousands of lions online and offline that share our goals and aspirations. And we're just here to serve. And as we continue to serve our underprivileged and less fortunate, we also try to carry ourselves with a certain grace, standard, and dignity that uh, would make us proof, future uh, proof for uh, strengthening our association's membership in the years to come. So I'd like to thank you again, Paul. I wish you well. And I know you're vice governor now, and I'm sure you'll have a great term as district governor next line year. And uh, I wish our listeners well, uh, the best of health. And uh, thank you, and thank you again. Thank you, Sol, and uh, that's a great way to uh, tie that bow right there as we'll uh, uh, wrap this podcast up. So uh, as always, uh, stay safe out there and keep serving.